Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Craig. Very much appreciate you guys tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are appreciative of the fact that you are here. So please remember, in case this is your first time, please remember, subscribe. Not just on one platform, subscribe on all of them, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or if you just go to anchor.fm, you can follow the link in the description to, uh, to this podcast or video to this program. Uh, you'll be able to find all the places that we are and where you can subscribe. So please do so and spread the word. Also, please remember to go to fpcgear.com. That's fpcgear.com. We have tons of t-shirts. We have our Step on Sneak, uh, Snap on Snake uh, t-shirt. We have our Don't Tread on Me t-shirt. We have our Code is Free Speech t-shirt. You name it, we have got it. Uh, once again, all of the latest things to help promote the Second Amendment, and just know that every single dollar you spend will go right back into the fight, uh, right back into the fight for your constitutional right to keep and bear arms. That is fpcgear.com. All right, now, so we all, you know, we all, uh, I'm sure all of you are aware, and we've all been kind of paying attention to what's been going on, and uh, once again, in Florida, and I don't know why it seems to be... <laughs> So many of these situations that are occurring in Florida, are situations, period, both uh, good stories with guns and, and, and challenging stories with guns, but uh, stories with guns nonetheless are occurring in the state of Florida. Uh, but in this particular case, it's the, it's the incident that occurred in Jacksonville, Florida, where a, uh, a young man, a very disturbed young man, uh, went to Jacksonville, Florida in order to participate in a tournament, uh, a, a Madden tournament, video game tournament, and uh, lost, and then proceeded to, uh, well, proceeded to, to return to the event with the firearm. He wound up shooting uh, and injuring 12, 12 individuals, and, uh, and then also taking the life of two other individuals, two other young men, uh, before he took his own life. Uh, very sad story, very sad day. Um, and, and needless to say, you know, the, the, the worst thing about the whole thing was, was that you had uh, uh, Sharon Watts or Shannon Watts, you know, we all know, Moms Demand Action. She couldn't wait to get on social media and start, you know, start messaging about it, how, you know, how bad it was. And, no, my, and, and, and they, put it this way, they hadn't even found the shooter yet. They, had, they, they weren't aware of how many shooters there were. They were still in the midst of the investigation, an investigation, and she couldn't wait to start dancing over the bodies of the victims. Uh, but that's, that's kind of how the anti-gun community rolls. They really don't care about the living, about the people who could be saved. What they care about is, well, they want to push their agenda, uh, even if it means, you know, being incredibly tasteless, so that's what they choose to do. So, in this particular shooting, there were a couple of things, and there were some things that I figured you would want to know uh, that we found out so far that no one in the mainstream media is really talking. Well, I won't say I can't say the mainstream media. I honestly, I really can't say that, but I can't say the gun grabbers. I can definitely point out that those who we see the being the biggest and the loudest talking about our, taking our right to keep and bear arms, uh, there are things that they are, in fact, not talking about. Now, one of the things that they're not referring to is the fact that the venue, the venue where this particular event took place, well, 
it took place in a gun-free zone. A lot of folks don't want to tell don't want to tell you that. Um, in the local place where they are, they have the it's called it was called Jacksonville Landing. Now, Jacksonville Landing had this thing called their Code of Conduct. And in the rules, this is, I'm sorry, Rules of Conduct, um, specifically it banned uh, permitted concealed carry permit holders. So even if you had a concealed carry permit, uh, you were prohibited from being able to carry uh, in, this, in this particular venue. Uh, specifically, what it read was, uh, it said, Rules of Conduct, possession of a weapon, even if legally carried, except by law enforcement officers, is absolutely prohibited on landing property. So what that means is in a state that seems, that seems to, as a policy, respect the right to keep and bear arms, these individuals, these young men and women who were, I guess older men and women, whoever was participating in this particular event, were put at risk because they were not allowed to uh, defend themselves if they had the ability to do so. Because even if you have a concealed carry permit, well, you weren't going to be able to exercise that right there. Hmm. And that just goes to show once again, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about these statistics multiple times, and, and we all know that the majority of mass shootings occur in gun-free zones, in places where individuals uh, are, are disarmed. And many times people seek out these particular venues because they know that the people, uh, that the potential victims are in fact disarmed, thus increasing the likely body count, the likely number of victims that they are able to inflict because it happens in a gun-free zone. Now, that's just one thing. That's just one of the things that you don't really hear repeated very often, that not a lot of people are talking about. But that's not, in fact, the only thing that's going on or that's, occur that, that's occurring here. Then there's the individual, the individual who, is actually, who actually was the shooter. Now, one of the things that, uh, that you learn with a little bit of investigation, it doesn't take a little bit of investigation because, well, CNN, who doesn't do any investigation, they actually discovered that this individual has a record or a history of mental illness, Right. And when I say a history of mental illness, I'm, all, I'm referring to multiple times the police have been, have been called out to his home. Now, the individual, and I'm not going to say his name, he's 24 years old. Uh, he was, he's been prescribed a number, like, uh, a number of, of psychiatric medications, including antipsychotics, uh, and saw a succession of psycho, psychiatrists, I'm sorry. But, and then once again, this goes all the way back to when he was 13 years old, all the way back to 2006. Uh, it talks about a number of times, you know, his, both his mother and his father recognized that this was an individual who had psychiatric issues. The parents would eventually wind up getting divorced, which, by the way, didn't help. But, but once again, this kid was in therapy. This kid was on medication. Uh, there were so many different things that were going on, so many different red flags, that this individual, uh, that this individual, probably shouldn't have had a gun, shouldn't have been able to purchase a gun. Now, according to federal law, it is if you've been involuntarily committed, uh, you don't, 
you don't have access to a gun. You're not allowed to own or possess a firearm if you have a history, if you've been taken, if you've been, if you've been uh, uh, involuntarily, involuntarily committed. But the interesting thing is, is that that's not, you know, and, and that's not the only issue here, though. Because, see, he's from Baltimore. Now, for those of you who do not know, Baltimore is in the state of Maryland. And Maryland is a state that has actually passed a red flag law. So they have a law that pretty much that allows just about anybody. And when I say anybody, Maryland's law allows just about anybody to be able to go to a judge and seek an ex parte order. So the, the question here is, if this is an individual who had a history of mental illness and and I'm not going to say that all mental illness should preclude you from owning a firearm. But if you're taking antipsychotics, um, I got to think it ought to at least raise a flag. I'm just saying. I'm, I, I don't know that. I, honestly, I don't know that much about mental health. I, I'm assuming that, uh, that, that I'm probably going to hear from some people out there in the thread uh, both, yeah, you shouldn't have had a gun. And I'm going to hear from some, well, no, because... Uh, I'm going to hear both parts, and that'll be great because we'll actually have a chance to kind of see and hear that conversation, uh, and you can help educate some of us. But I got to believe that if his family members knew that he was a potential risk, if they knew, they probably could have done something. But I'm thinking they knew, and they didn't do anything, even though they had the ability through this red flag law in order to be able to do it. But we saw the same thing same same exact thing happen in Florida where everybody knew that that young man had issues and they tried to get him help and law enforcement decided they weren't going to do anything about it. And in many of these cases that's what we're talking about here. In this case we're talking about people who are in a position to do something don't do anything. I don't know what this family did or didn't do if they sought to, to get him help or anything along those lines. But the fact is, um, somebody didn't do something they probably should have. And they had the ability, because once again, Maryland has the red flag law. So supposedly, things were in place in order to help make him safe, at least according to Moms Demand Action, at least according to Shannon Watts, well, but if those things are supposed to make that difference and change, how exactly? Oh, by the way, that's the other thing that no one talks about. Yeah, he didn't use an assault weapon. I know, they're not assault weapons. He didn't use a semi-automatic rifle. Does that make you feel better? All right, I'm just using what the legal definition that they've used, that they use, like, for example, in California. But you're right, it's not an assault weapon. But the fact is, he didn't use one. He used handguns. But they're not talking about that. They won't hit on that. They won't hit on the fact that most of the laws that they're proposing have absolutely nothing to do with handguns. So what, what law would you exactly want him to do? He, he's already owned these things. He, he had purchased them well over a month before this particular event. So you're, even an 11-day or 10-day waiting period would have helped. A background check clearly didn't help, even though he went through a background check, so that didn't help. None of your uh, magazine or, or none of your uh, 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 firearms, none of your firearms bans or semi-automatic rifle assault weapon. It's okay if I do it in the air quotes. If I do the air quotes, it's okay if I do it. Okay. 
Um, the, none, of, none of those would have helped. So exactly what laws, what laws do you think would, that, you're, that they've proposed would have made a difference in this case? I mean, other than an all-out and outright ban on firearms. And oh, by the way, no, he was over the age of 21. He was 24. So now what? Now you want to, well, you're going to want to increase the age to purchase a firearm to 25? See, that, that's the thing. The most difficult thing to get any of these morons to understand is that if someone is seeking to do harm, they're going to find a way to be able to do it. And you don't prevent harm by impeding on the, on the ability of individuals who seek to defend themselves by disarming them. That doesn't, that's not what works. That's not what will make the difference. But yet and still, that's what you'll push. Yet and still, you'll have people who will take what occurred in, in Jacksonville, Florida, and they'll find it a way to try and push an agenda, even though the bills that they'll be proposing have absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what happened. We have a bill right here now in the state of California that expands gun violence restraining or red flag laws, once again, to just about anybody. And they'll say, look at what happened in in Jacksonville, Florida, this is why we need to expand it. Yeah, they have that expanded law in Maryland, and it, where, where, by the way, he purchased the guns, and it didn't help. It didn't change a thing. Except maybe it made, you know, a few people feel better for a minute that they got to take away rights away from people. That's really about it. That's the only difference that that particular law made. But yet and still, they will continue to push it. So I hope that these, uh, that these little tidbits uh, will, will help you as you conversate and you talk with others about uh, the, what occurred in Jacksonville and what are some of the solutions, the ways in which we can address that problem so that it will never, 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 ever happen again. And that gun control didn't help. And in, in, and in case, it can also be argued, not only did it not help, but it made things worse. Anyway, folks, that's going to be it for today's Coffee with Craig. We very much appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in uh, and for being a part of the Firearms Policy Coalition. Remember, this is the home in the fight for civil rights. Got to use them or you're going to lose them. You guys take care.